Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. We're in Chapter 5, Paragraph 22, Perikei Mishnah Chafbet, here in Pirkei Avos, Ethics of the Fathers, with article notes on the bottom. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. Let's talk the difference between Avram Avinu and Bilam Arasha, between Avram the forefather and Bilam the non-Jewish quote-unquote prophet. Let's see. Any person who has these three traits is among the disciples of Avraham, our forefather, and anyone who has three different traits, is among the disciples of Bilam the wicked. Those who have a good eye, a spirit that is humble, and a soul that is meek, are the disciples of Avram, our forefather. Ayin ra'a, v'ruach gavoa, v'nefesh rechava. Those who have an evil eye, a spirit that is arrogant, and a soul that is greedy, talmidav shal bilam arasha, are the disciples of Bilam the wicked. Ma'bin talmidav shal Avram, avinu l'talmidav shal bilam arasha. What is the difference between the disciples of Avram, our forefather, and the disciples of Bilam the wicked? Pause, sidebar. Why do we ask this question in the middle of the mission when we just said what the difference are between the differences are between Avram and Bilam? We said that Avram has these three great things: good eye, humble soul, and and meek soul, and humbleness of spirit. And Bilam, we said, has the opposite: the evil eye, the arrogant spirit, and the greedy soul. So why do we ask what's the difference between the two? Maybe just having the qualities is not enough, but knowing the difference, the fundamental difference in how the disciples approach life and how they use them, maybe that's the difference. I never really knew the answer to that question. Think about it. Let us know. You could always email us at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. The disciples of Avram, our forefather, benefit from their good deeds in this world and inherit the world to come. To be, as it says, to bequeath to those who love me a possession and their storehouses, storehouses, excuse me, I will fill in this world. And the notes at the bottom say, uh, possession, an everlasting possession in the world to come. So we know that the Avram, the students of Avram have these three qualities and also will inherit this world and the next world. But the disciples of Bilam the wicked inherit Gehenim, which is the not good place to be in the afterlife before you get to go up to heaven. You have to be purged of your sins in such a way that we don't know what that really means, but Gehenim could be many different things, such as seeing all the bad that you've done this world and feeling very ashamed, even though we don't have physical attributes after this life. And they descend to a well of destruction. As the Pasuk, the verse says, And you, O God, you will lower them into the well of destruction. Men of bloodshed and deceit shall not live out half their days. But as for me, I will trust in you. Interesting Pasuk quoted here, and it's interesting how they say they won't live out half their days. Why half their days? Because a person who takes a day and lives every day as two of its fullest, they will be able to count their days, not just the years of their life. That's why when they recount the years of Avram Avinu and other great sages, they say, Me'ashana, Arba'im Shana, Shiva Shana. Because each 
part of his life was measured out and each day was measured out. And that's why it says Yimei Avraham and not just Shanei Avraham, which would be the years. Because every day, point number one, every day should be used to its fullest. We shouldn't just say I lived 120 years on this life, on this earth, God willing, but I, that I had millions of days and every day was important. Every day was lived to its fullest potential and every day I did whatever I could with my talents, my qualities, my abilities to live out the day to the best possible way and to make the best possible difference. So use your days, not just your years on this earth. Every single day counts and every day should be used. But we have to also, point number two, we have to use these qualities that shows that we're the students of Avram Avinu, that we come from the genetic DNA, the spiritual genetic DNA of Avram Avinu. We have to have a good eye. A good eye doesn't mean just looking for deals, lahavda, lahavda for materialism. It means having an eye that's good for others, looking out for situations, looking out for other people. Having a good eye realizes, makes yourself realize, hopefully, God willing, that you can look out for others and know what others need without even them saying it. You just can pick up with your own eyes and your own knowledge and intellect what a person needs. Some people are out there that just inherently can understand and inherently can pick up and are just like fine-tuned with the spiritual antenna and say, oh man, they need meals, they need this, they, they need that. If your friend and his wife, God willing, give birth, then you should arrange the meal train. You should be the one that makes the meal train. Make sure they have meals taken care of. If they need baby equipment, get them baby equipment. But you should try to find out, should try to keep attuned to what they may need and have that spiritual antenna as we're mentioning in the second point in these different qualities, that you should have the good eye looking out for what other people may need without even asking them. When a guest comes into your home, see if they look like they're hot or sweaty. See if they look like they're overworked. Put on the air for them without even needing to ask them. Give them a drink of water without even need to ask them. Give them some snacks and some foods without them even need to ask them. If guests are at your table... Make sure they have everything they need. If you see a cup is missing, just bring it. Don't even ask. You see the utensils are missing, bring it. Don't even ask. And you see that they need something, get up and get it for them without them having to ask. The best type of host is the one that could foresee the needs of the guests without them having to even ask and getting it for them. To have that good eye, looking out for people with the goodness and seeing what a person may need or may not need, actually, maybe they need some rest and they need you to leave them alone. That could also be a need of theirs. Ruach Nemucha, you should be of a humble spirit. We've talked about this before. The greatest man on earth to ever live to speak to God, the greatest prophet was Moshe Rabbeinu. They also say he was the most humble because he knew how small he was compared to God. And we too should try to be humble, no matter how many accomplishments we have or don't have, no matter what we were accomplishing, no matter what we did or how much we learned, we should always try to stay as humble as possible. A humble person is a person people want to get to know or want to honor. If you don't seek honor, honor will come to you. If you don't seek arrogance, you will be able to realize that everything you're entitled to with God's help, God will get it for you. So be humble as much as possible. God knows what you did. Other people know what you did. You don't need the glory. You don't need the recognition. Now, in my school now, working in summer school as an OT in Queens, I'm working in a school where I try to bring activities throughout the week. I try to bring really every day. And a lot of times, not just this school, but in general, a lot of times when we're working with people and we're working around, we might not get thanked and we might not get um, acknowledged or recognized. But the really the really bottom line is God knows what you're doing and, and the people, the kids know what you're doing. The people you work with know what you're doing. So even if a person doesn't say thank you, and we talked about this on one of our episodes, one of our missions, how important manners are and respect and acknowledgement and saying thank you is... But even if you don't get it, don't look for it. Don't seek to need it. And I'm talking to myself mostly 
because a lot of times I wish I was acknowledged and thanked and whatnot, but a lot of times maybe I w- I'm not and I won't be because God is telling me you don't need it, but I know what you're doing. I know it's good stuff. And the Nefesh Shefela, it makes sure you have a soul that's meek also, which I think is similar to humble. You have to make sure that you don't have the arrogance, you don't have the boisterousness, and you don't have the macho-ness about yourself. You see yourself in a humble way. You see yourself in a low-key way. Don't be in the limelight. You don't have to be in the limelight. You could be behind the scenes. Maybe it's better to be behind the scenes instead of to be in front of the scenes because then people see you in the limelight, but when they don't see you in the limelight, they don't even know what you're doing. You won't get acknowledged, but you'll get it done. And then it could be a chesed shal A lot of times we talk about how chesed shal the main example is is doing for a dead person because they can never repay you. But if you're in the, in the background, if you're hiding during a chesed, people don't even know you're doing that also could be a chesed shal and you could do what you can. So these are just a few points from this mission we tried to bring up. Join us next time as we look at chapter 5, paragraph 23, maybe 24 also, because there's small missionaries here on the PAL with Tani G. And I'm your host, Tani G.